Welcome back to Being Heard. Malcolm X said the most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Welcome back to Being Heard, Two Black Women, Coffee and Conversations. I'm Leah, and with me is my co-host, Dana. And today, we have a special guest, Clem the Doula. Hey. Good morning, Dana. Good morning. Good morning, Leah. And good morning, Clem. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you on. Uh, We're going to be talking about some important things today. So uh, to start off, tell us a little bit about your background and the hows and whys of you becoming a doula. Oh, wow. That's kind of like a super loaded question, right? Like it's got like all the things in it. Well, all of it, all of the Mm -hmm. things. Uh, Well, my name is Clemente Love. Um, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I've been living here in Indianola, Iowa for almost four years now. Yeah. Um, And my like general background is um, I'm a communication specialist. I specialize in like helping people um, just work through organizational communication concerns and also interpersonal communication concerns. So that's like my heart of heart. That's what I went to school for. That's what I'm very passionate about. And it kind of leads into my doula work because a lot of what I do is based off of like the nonverbal cues and the verbal cues Mm. and things like that. So it kind of plays into like different aspects of my communication background. Um, I'm a mom of two. Um, I really got, let me say this. I know like when I was younger, I was spending a lot of time watching the birth story on a specific network. That was like a lot of my time that I would like, my free time was doing that. So I've always been interested in like what that looks like, what that space is, what that time is, how people are reacting. I was always intrigued by that. And then when I became a mom, um, I had an amazing um, um, OB doctor who kind of was just like, do your research, learn and she gave me a lot of information so with that I kind of ran with it I'm a nerdy person in general so I'm like I'm reading all the things I'm one of those people that like reads the instructions when I'm bored right like I do that and so (laughs) yeah Yeah, I mean like it's just no judgment I mean but it's just a thing you know like some people like pick up a crossword puzzle I'll pick up the instructions Hmm, this is a thick book let me see what's in it like I'm that person and so the more information I get on anything, I just kind of like thumb through it, read through it, and then things just stick with me. So that's kind of what happened um, with um, learning about the birth work in general, learning about the process of pregnancy, learning about um, delivering babies and things like that, and um, all the things that are related to birth work. And then with my son, um, I had a hard time with breastfeeding. So that was like my real big introduction into self-advocacy. And so um, because that was such a struggle, I was finding myself kind of trying to navigate spaces um, where there weren't a lot of black women who were doing the things that I was trying to do. And I wanted the information. I wanted the help. I wanted to set, to beat that goal, to have my goal you know, accomplished and successful, but there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me in that space. So I was like, I'm going to be here because I need, I need the tools. I need the resources. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I need to do. And then I'm gonna get out of here. Cause you know, cause it's like, it's uncomfortable. And so 
from then on, it just kind of spun into a lot of work in um, breastfeeding. And then after my daughter, I had a really traumatic experience during my birth where um, one of the um, NIC nurses, not the NICU nurse, but the nurse that takes care of the babies was like, how much longer is this going to take? I need, I got paid for another birth. And I was like, Did what? You- how much longer is what going to take? Right. Like me pushing, right. I'm late. Like I'm pushing. And I'm like, I'm, I remember that. Like it's been, my daughter is now eight years old. I still remember that. Right. Like, and I remember thinking like, is somebody going to say something? Do I have to say something? Can I say something? And so, that kind of just like, again, it sticks with me, right? So I never wanted that to happen to someone else. And then when I moved to Iowa, there was this collective, the Black Iowa Doula Collective that I kind of saw on a whim, scrolling through Facebook. And I was like, hmm, okay, they're, they're training Black women to do um, this doula stuff. And I knew what a doula was. So I was like, okay, this might be interesting. So I kept my eye on it. I was like stalking them. And then finally <laughs> they they had one, a training in Des Moines. So I was like, whoo, I don't have to go far. I don't have to worry about, cause that's part of it, right? Like having the cost, incurring the cost of traveling mm-hmm. to workshops or whatever. And I didn't have to travel. So I was like, this is awesome. And I just jumped on it. I, I literally jumped on it. And that was in June of 2022. Um, so unofficially i've been doing this kind of dueling thing since my son was born in 2012 but be getting paid <laughs> getting getting some change some coinage um started in june. <laughs> we must have the coinage you gotta have pay. <laughs> a coin laboring free <laughs> so from there it's been like i've just been go 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 nice now did so- you when it comes to doulas did you have any history prior to having your kids? Did you know doulas in the community? Because I think when we talked before, you mentioned that, you know, this doula work is something that Black women in particular, it's a part of the culture. It's something that we might not always know it by that name or have known it by that name, but it, it's part. Talk a little bit about that. Right. So like doula, the word doula means I don't even want to get into that because it's like it's a real like people get really offended by that particular word because it's not a word that we hold and it has some mixed connotations that I just kind of like I don't mind it it doesn't bother me I know who I am I know the shoulders that I stand upon I know people that got my back so I don't worry about that part of it but um the word doula is not a word that we as a culture own but we do own like the source of what that embodies like the right. working with each other the supporting each other the feeding each other the holding of each other and that's like my biggest thing i'm holding the mother i'm holding the parent i'm holding the family i love your baby i think your baby is cute but as a doula that's not my job my job is not to just like take care of all of the things that related clinically to the birth. I am there to hold you emotionally, to give you the space, to hold space for you. So we've been doing that 
forever. I mean, like, it's not a new thing that we take care of our neighbor or we take care of our auntie or our niece or, you know, our grandmother, our mother, our brother, our sister. We take care of everybody culturally. We do that. It's always been something that we do. So I, I feel like we don't, we hear the word doula and we like, what's that? Like, ooh, what's that? But it's really like, we do this. Like you do this with your sister. You hold space for her. You let you, you see something and you say something, right? If something, you're like, girl, did they just, did you hear that? Okay. I'm like, I saw what you saw. Let's have a conversation. Hold up, back up. Wait a minute. So that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's the wording it throws people off because they're like, what's that? And then they look it up and go, oh no. And then you're like, you've lost them. So I don't really want people to get hung up on just like. Doula. So what is the comparison then between a doula and a midwife? Because that was something that I had a conflict with. And then leading into what are the conditions that make it necessary for a doula? Okay. For, well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say every condition requires a doula, honey. Because that's like, it's emotional support. It's physical support. It's informational support. That's okay. what we do. We're giving you the space to learn, find more knowledge about whatever space that you're in so that you can make the best decision based off the information that you have available. Um, so when we talk about midwives and doulas, midwives catch the babies, doulas okay. hold, hold the mama. That's kind of how oh, I look at it. Um, okay. That's that's we, we are not clinical. We're non-clinical workers. Um, we're not checking your temperature. We're not, you know, we're not doing vaginal exams. We're not doing anything like that, but we are there for emotional support, a back rub, a foot rub to educate you about what's going on in the process. Okay. If you decide to have a C-section, here are the things that are in place. This is what you might hear. This is what you might smell. All of those things to kind of make it a calming aspect. So it's not so scary for um, the person going through it. So that's kind of the biggest difference. Um, I mean, and I think people will get like, oh, I, Adula, I thought you was catching babies. No, no, no. That's one thing that we do. I like hearing that because, you know, BBC has the call of the midwives and I don't mind watching it. But on the same token, um, Erica Badu, you know, she's Adula. Mm-hmm. And um, and I love watching her stories when she's talking about it. So to know someone here personally, locally doing that and explaining that because the catching of babies is the midwives. But to hear that the doula is holding a baby. But like you said, culturally, mother, mm-hmm. who who was doing that prior? Like we do come in as a community and help with the process. And um, we have our different ways of how we get the mom back together, you know, cause mamas need a lot of support and hearing that you had a nurse do you that way. Like it's, it's a good thing you was like giving birth, but it's like, wait a minute, did I need to give off this table? Like I can't like that whole birthing process is, um, annoying. Like my son, he was in the NICU and this nurse told me, she's like, well, he likes a dirty diaper. Doesn't I was just like, where are we finding, these people in healthcare and then it make you think about as black women, when we're giving birth, how horrible we get treated and we need that advocacy um, for ourselves in the hospital. That you is know, absolutely true. And it's, it's um, to kind of speak to that. It's like, we, 
particularly black doulas, we know what we're we know what to expect and what we're experiencing in these spaces, right? Um, it should not be one thing of um, a control aspect. That's what we feel, right? We feel like they are the right. authority figures. We feel like, okay, mm-hmm. if the doctor says I got to do it, I got to do it. Otherwise, right. something bad will happen. If the nurse says this is what I have to do, I've got to do it because something bad's going to happen. But right. the power is in understanding that this is your experience. This is your body. So anything that's happening in that room needs to take under, have, a, have a, a total sensitivity to what you want. Otherwise, it's, it's a lost experience and you will experience trauma and, not, and, yeah. and like be in the middle of like supposedly having this great experience and, it, and have this trauma happen to you and then you'll never forget it. You can't get that back. You don't. You, can't get you that don't. Back. So the C-section, you know, like soon as I got my C-section, I remember the nurses coming in immediately. And so for me, my baby was in the NICU unit and I'm on the mother's ward for lack of a term. And they kept trying to come in with like, you know, your Vicodin and your Tylenol. And being my past, I was a pharmacy technician. So I knew I didn't want the hard stuff. So I was like, I didn't know what that would do to my, my mother's milk. Yeah. So I wanted to take just one and the nurse looked at me crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I just want one. And that's the way I did mine. But it was like this shock. So then I'm like, oh, no, maybe I'm going to send a message that black women can handle pain. But that wasn't it. I just knew that I didn't want to be dependent on it. And I wanted to give my body a better way to to heal from it. And And, I'm, and I will say this, too, not to like say that all areas or spaces are that way it's Mm -hmm. just that I believe that the intention is good but people get so into what their routine is in their job that they forget that we're not numbers we're not room two right okay (laughs) like we are I'm Clem you know, and this is my experience. This is what I want. So when you step into this room, yeah, you stepping into room two. Once you cross that threshold, it's Clemente, right? It's not room two. And and I think a lot of times, and I mean, we do this all in our own work. We get the routine wears us down. We get so worn down into like, okay, I know I have to do this. This is what this is what's gonna happen. It's gonna be the same, but it's not. Each experience is different, and people just have to be reminded that hey, let's let's take this person seriously. Let's listen to their story. Let's see what they like, and also they don't have a lot of time. They're not spending, and that's another aspect of like the birthing part. Um, when you're on the the labor ward or the labor uh, floor, those nurses don't know you. Um, they just met you the day you come in there and then you will leave and you will probably never see them again. So that relationship, that connection is not there. And that's like a hazard of the job. Like who wants to get connected to somebody in, in a, a day and then they go home and then you're like, oh, you know like so part of it is like probably them protecting themselves because they could get attached but Mm -hmm. in that what do you lose you lose that ability to just take care of the person and deal with the person um in front of you versus trying to do the rounds of the room you lose a connection Mm -hmm. when you don't have a connection 
to a person, you're going to have that, uh, what, cognitive distance, mm-hmm. dissonance yep. with people, um, which I think a lot of times when I look not bad mouthing or bad, I have a lot of nurses in the family, mm-hmm. but um, if that's not within you, you're not, to me, going to do an effective job. Like, you're going to leave the patient that you have walking away with, like, I can't wait, because I, I, when you were speaking of that earlier, it jogged me to remember, I still want to find that lady. I still think, like, someone right with her, like, you know, and, and I still remember her face, so I'm always, like, looking at people sometimes when I go in the hospital, like, because I, I don't forget things that way, you know, it makes you cautious. Yeah, and, and just because of what I do, I have to acknowledge that you've had that experience and I'm sorry that that happened to you because that we have to take a moment. We don't, we don't get time to like process a lot of things that happen to us. So that's also part of what I do is allowing people to take time to process. Okay. What happened? How did that make you feel? Um, you know, what, what would you have liked to have done differently? What, what, what did you want to do with the moment? What do you want to do now that you know that this happened? Processing that so that you can leave, not carry that on. Because we do, I mean, like, once you've been, you know, had this traumatic experience, and it is a traumatic experience because you remember it. You remember, you looking for people, right? You looking at faces like, uh, is that her? Um, and so that means that it had an impact, a, a negative impact on you. So as a doula, my job is to try to minimize that, to try to build a connection with you so that when we go into the space that I can build a connection with the nurse as well as you. And so that they take care, they take extra care. And I mean, again, not to say extra care, like you've got to do all the things, but like realize that I'm a person, you're a person. This is a very important moment for you. And granted, they may have four other patients that they're dealing with. But when you walk in this room, let's remember who we're here for. What is that relationship like then when you're in that advocate mode with the other healthcare professionals? As a black woman, (laughs) as a black woman, it's a little difficult because I think we're hyper acute to the things that we experience in predominantly white spaces and the medical field is a predominantly white space so we are like we're coming in understanding that we're possibly going to have to um be nice nasty um and or that someone will be nice nasty to us and how to not let that the environment the energy in the room for the client for the patient because you're in a I mean this is a sacred time it's a sacred space and all of that unbeknownst to a lot of people that has an effect on your process right that negative energy when you're in this sensitive realm of birthing you're hypersensitive to everything like Mm -hmm. you don't even realize that Take take this example. We always see on TV where the mother is like, don't touch me, don't touch me. And everybody's like, why is she like that? There's a reason. You're giving birth. You're hypersensitive. It's our flight or flight um, mode. We're, we're giving birth to something that is that doesn't have the ability to run away. It doesn't have the ability to protect itself. So that sensitive touch to just 
something being on you, you're like, okay, I, I can't stand it. I'm sensitive to everything, smell, sight, sounds, um, everything. So that is a normal part of the experience. But if you don't understand the, you know, the aspects, the physiological aspects of birth, you come into the room not knowing that you're interrupting. I mean, I, I've had patients, clients who the nurse comes in and it's ruffling papers off of the monitor and it's quiet. And she comes in the room and all you hear is and my my client's like, okay. She <laughs> and it was just that that little thing. And it's not that she was being rude. She's in a hypersensitive phase. All of those things can make your body go, okay, I'm not ready to have this baby. I'm not safe. I don't feel safe. I don't feel protected. So I'm going to, you know, tighten up, clinch up, and then it takes longer. So that's that that part of it is is really important that people understand that like, yeah, those those aspects of just coming into the room can disrupt the energy. Um, that allows you to give birth in the way that you want. Fascinating. What efforts do you have in helping to increase doulas in the state here um, in Iowa? That is directly related to um, the Iowa Black Doula Collective. So we're always seeking, as because I went through the program, it's like an active recruiting. Like we go to events. Okay. Um, we, we try to go out into the community, try to be a face within the community and let people know that like what we do and try to find other like-minded people who are interested in um, learning more about how to create this community um, because we're looking at the health disparities regarding black women and black children, black infants. And it's horrible. It's scary. I mean, like, it's scary. Look, today I was, I had ordered some earrings and this little, this little necklace that said protect black women. And I was like, Ooh, I can't wait. And it's not here yet. So I'm kind of like <laughs> sad about that, <laughs> but like, that's what it's about, right? It's about us bringing in other people who see, who understand that like, we have to do what we have to do to make sure that we're, we're, we're thriving, we're not thriving in these spaces. That we just live at this point. Right. Like right. we can make it out of the hospital. We that can make part. it. Whew. And it's, 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 so we're, we're, we're active. We're always actively looking um, with the Black Iowa Doula Collective is always seeking um, new women to come into the space. We do build our own business. They help, she, they help us build our own business. We, I have an LLC, you know, like, we're creating black businesses and black people in the health space, which lets us take our power back. I mean, it lets me not have to work a nine to five, right? So we're talking- so What's the connection? How do we connect to, if I'm listening and I think I'm interested in becoming a doula, how do I find you? you how do I find the Black Iowa Collective? Black, IowaBlackDoulas.com. That's how you find it all the information is there it will give you like an interest sheet you fill out that information they're also on facebook the iowa black doula collective um and i mean 
I'm so, I've learned so much. I have mentors who have been doing this for, you know, a, a lot. I ain't gonna say, a, like, I think collectively, like maybe 20 years. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of knowledge. No. Um, yes. And both women who have had children and those who haven't, um, that's important too, because we see things in a different way. Um, and that is helpful to some, you know, um, we want to make sure that everybody has a choice in who the type of experience they want. You get to pick your doula. It's not like mm -hmm. you just go, oh, I'm going to give you this person. It's literally like, okay, what do you, what do you want? What kind of experience do you want? Um, what type of person are you looking for? Um, they kind of know our personalities. <laughs> We're all very different. Um, okay. Uh, we're all, you know, have our little niches of experience and specializations. Um, and some of us, you know, that it just had, you have to just jive with a person. That's how I feel. Like, I like energy. I, I go off a of vibe. I'm like, I'm vibe right. all the time. I'm like, okay. So with energy, and you said the experience, mm -hmm. um, and I'm just going off what I see. Like, are you offering, like, am I getting some fragrances? Are you giving me like a, is it like an aromatherapy thing? That's the way I, I visually hear you. Okay. Is that, am I reading that wrong? Well, or like, what's the experience with, with Clem? If Clem, I'm your client, if I'm, I'm coming in, I'm ready to have this baby. I'm giving you that good energy. What you giving me? I'm, what's I'm, my experience? I'm saying, what do you want? Okay. Because it's not about me. You're, you're okay. about the connection that we have. Yes. We want to connect. We want to jive together, but I'm offering you. What do you want? And let I me want some you. lavender. Okay, I need some kind of like relaxing music. Okay, so uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you like this. You say you want some lavender. That's great, but in this hypersensitive area okay. and phase, just be aware that it might not be what you want to smell. Do you want to rule? Okay, you know, like giving you that information. It's not so much okay. that you can't do it. It's literally mm -hmm. giving you evidence-based information on okay. what happens to your body. Like you might not like it. And then you got a whole okay. room full of lavender and you like, get out of here. You know, like, it's like, <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want that. You won't be able to birth in, in the kind of atmosphere that you want. So let me make okay. you aware. You might, let's, let's put it in a little, a little Ziploc bag with a cotton and, 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 and zip that up just okay. in case. You know, okay. like you can have it, but we don't want to fill your room with it if it's not going to be something that's going to agitate you. So it's just little things like that. It's not like you can get you someone that's into the oils and if that's what you want. But my job is to say, okay, I know that that's what you like. Let me just help you to understand that if we fill the room up, we got, we're not going to be able to change rooms now. <laughs> okay gotcha that kind of stuff so okay i, I got you i, I i'm i'm not a uh i'm not a herbalist i can refer you to an herbalist um that's another thing that like doulas do we are okay. a, a resource we have resources we are community resources so we have a lot of connections or we try to build connections with people in the community so if there's something that i don't do or there's something that you need that i cannot provide i have an answer for you Okay. Okay. Um, I help you make that connection. And that's again, through community service, you know, being out in the community, making connections, vibing off of people like, Hey, I like this person does waste beads. 
okay, this will be, you know, I have a client that's like, oh, I'm really into like connecting and memorializing this experience. Here's one way you can get a waste you know, like just different things. Clem, tell us a little bit about the cost associated with, you know, a client getting a doula. How does that work? Um, the cost associated with it, it kind of varies right now because we're all across the country. They're trying to figure out a way to make this um, viable and accessible for a lot of people. So what's happening is there are a bunch of pilot programs. Um, I myself and the Black Iowa Doula Collective are a part of a pilot program with um, HHS. And so we do work with a couple of agencies in four counties, Scott County, um, Dubuque County, Blackhawk County, and Polk County. Um, if you contact the Iowa Black Doula Collective, they can get you in touch with um, those agencies to help you um, see if you qualify. But we start, one of the things that we require is that you be a Black person who is pregnant. Um, that you live in one of those counties and that you are 375% below the poverty level um, or within the poverty level. So that makes it a lot accessible, a lot of more accessible uh, to people where it's free at that aspect of it. If you qualify for that, it will be free outside of that. It varies depending on what that doula is giving you within her package, his or her package. Um, so that just depends on what you're what you're looking for. Also, to, to make it clear, at what stage in the pregnancy does the your client begin working with you? What, what's the optimal uh, point? That's a loaded question too, because some people will say like, oh, later, you know, because the fear of something happening um, is real to some people. So that could kind of be a little bit of a hesitation. I say the earlier, the better. So I'm talking like 16 weeks. Once you kind of know, if you want to know the sex of your child, knowing that information and being able to connect with a doula to help you with the pregnancy process, because we help you with understanding pregnancy, understanding, uh, birth, and then understanding what happens after birth postpartum. So if you're and the price is going to be typically the same. If you get me at 16 weeks, you're probably going to be saying the same thing at 37. But I also don't have time to build a relationship with you, right? If you're get, if I'm getting you at 25 weeks, the amount of information I can kind of give you is kind of cut down and, you know, cut down a lot than if it was at 20 or 12 weeks or 16 weeks. So kind of think of it like semesters, you know, if you want to go to school, you want a full, you know, you want your full year worth of information. You coming in the last semester, you're cramming hard, you're trying to get everything and then something gets missed. And then you don't really have a relationship with your professor to kind of say, uh, I need some extra help. So think of it in that aspect as well, when you're looking for a doula. And then kind of the last question I wanted you to address just the overall tragedy of black maternal health in Iowa, really across the country, you know, we're supposed to be the alleged, uh, you know, richest nation and we have the worst numbers when it comes to this, just what does that mean to you in, in this work that you're doing? It means that we've missed the boat. That's, that's kind of how I feel like we've missed the, community aspect of it. I look at it like this. Doctors and nurses are there to assess risk, right? 
doulas are there to help you gain information and fill in those gaps. You go to your doctor's appointment, they're checking to see if your blood pressure is too high or your blood pressure is too low. If you're the standard, if you're in the middle and everything is okay, they don't really give you much guidance. So my job as a doula is to kind of fill in those gaps of like what that means. What does it look like to have the typical um, pregnancy where there's not a lot of intervention because there's no need for it if the risks are low. If the risks are high, yes, there is a need for intervention, but you can also kind of assess that um, stage by stage, thing by thing. Um, we don't want to have a lot of interventions because that does hinder the birthing process um, and actual delivery and also postpartum if, as it relates to breastfeeding, that all of that is connected. So if you're doing a lot of things during your birthing process, that impacts what you're able to do after the birth and how you care for your child afterwards. It's like we fill in the gap. I don't want people to feel like doulas are there for one, telling people what to do. That's not my role. My role is to educate you so you can make a decision to build that self-advocacy muscle because now you're going to be a parent, right? You have to be able to like stand mm -hmm. on your own Real too power. for your child. And yeah. so if my job is not to be in there and, in, and, in, and um, impart my beliefs, some people have that idea that doulas are like, if you're having a C-section, I can't be your doula. Or if you're having pain medication, I can't be your doula. No, no, no. What do you want? Okay, let me tell you what the process looks like for those things. Because some people want uh, a medicated birth, but then they want to stand up. Well, if you're numb from the waist down, honey, it's not going to work. So we got to figure out what it is that you really, like what deep down, what do you want? What is the experience that you want? So that we can kind of lay that out in the birth plan. And so that you can have kind of a guide to like, okay, I, if I do this, this will happen. So it's like cause and effect, just having a clear understanding of like what the process is, what you have control over, and then how you decide to move through that. Um, also kind of giving people an understanding of like, there's a fear around like C-sections or fear around um, needles and like all that stuff is real for people. Let's have that discussion. What? Right. <laughs> Me too. Right. I'm like, I have really? to look, I'm one of the, I'm, I'm a weird person. I have to look at the needle. I'm like, I got to see where, <laughs> where is it going? I want no. to see where is it going? Cause I if you miss, like, I know it got to come out one or two ways and it came I early and it was in a C-section. And I was just like, I really didn't want my intestines coming out, but it is what it is. You know, now I got this scar to itch yeah. <laughs> from time yeah. to time, you know, but that, it's, yeah, it's about, taking that a little bit of that fear away like yeah. giving you the tools to say okay this is what to expect this might not be your path but let me get you ready so that it's not so scary um and that you can understand that we're only doing this because something is going on and we want to save you and they want to save baby so getting past that it's like i don't want to talk about this i don't want to do that it's like i understand but i don't want you to be fearful of the situation so let's just talk about all the things that could so that you have a clear understanding of what what path you want to take and what's to come if it does come so it's not so it's scary. almost reminiscent of trying to talk to people about like their will 
like inevitably we're born and inevitably we all going out through death and right. not talking about it doesn't mean it's not gonna happen it's just gonna leave a whole lot of unanswered uh mm-hmm. questions and lingering things which i find the more unknown things are the the worse it is but Absolutely. if i kind of know and it don't mean the plan gonna go where the plan gonna go you know I had a plan that I was going to get to see the birthing center, but the water broke. And so I too, and you shared earlier, 2012, my child came in 2012 and not in 2013. So I don't really talk about my birthing experience with a lot of new moms, just because I don't want someone else's experience to think that it's going to be like, you know, that that beautiful. I praise everyone that can have them babies without the medicine. Um, I just was not it. It was not for me. <laughs> and and, and, you know? and that's and that's okay. Like I'm not gonna be. I mean, and I appreciate are. that because you um, get a okay. lot of shaming. I had yes. my baby natural, and I'm like, well, good for you. Like I'm happy. Yes. I understand the benefits of it. So some stuff is holistic in a sense. I did the mother's milk. I love that. Is what I did want to touch on is I didn't realize um, lactation was connected to preventing. You said diabetes and helping with breast cancer. Because in my generation, my mom milk was dried up immediately. It was such a stigma against us doing breast milk. And so when I decided I was going to do it, when I tell you I got the looks like you're doing what? But then at the hospital, you know, that's gold. You should give your baby like they were thinking they were talking me into it. And I'm like, I already knew I was doing this before I got here. Right. Let let me tell I'm sorry, but I got to tell you, say this, because this is the thing. We have to relearn what, like the trauma from the past is like, it it comes down and we have Mm -hmm. to, all of that is part of that whole traumatic experience from our ancestors. And it just kind of kept going. So there are like, I just completed a training um, in early December called the Black Course, where it's uh, 45 hours of specific lactation training for um, Black women to, and well, Black people to understand the, like, in our cultural aspect, the traumas that happen and how to present that into our community. Because you will get the look if you say, "You my girl, that baby still got teeth. Or girl, um, you know, why are you nursing? Or what, like, like, why are you doing that? But all of that goes back to enslavement when they were stealing our milk. I mean, I remember specifically from the movie Beloved, Girl, right? that movie be scaring me. I'm like, you know, when you see it visually, you'd be like, that that's how they did it sometimes. Or you were the wet nurse. Yes. To- and yes. and it talks okay. about so culturally what had happened. If if your great great grandmother's milk was if she was a wet nurse and she couldn't even provide for her children, what is she gonna tell her daughter? Don't do it. Don't don't dry it up. Here, let me dry it up for you. Because we don't do that. And then it perpetuates as we go on in our generations. And then now we're missing out on like cutting down a lot of these health disparities um, as it relates to like our care um, with diabetes and high blood pressure, because we don't know that nursing actually helps alleviate a lot of that. But that's just from the trauma. So relearning and trying to reintroduce that stuff in our community. This is specific. This class was specific to talking to 
grandmas, uncles, aunties about, you know, the thing like the myths that we believe of like mm-hmm. you ain't got no milk, ain't no milk in there. Well, that's colostrum. You start developing that, you know, 20, 16, 20 something weeks, and it's the first antibodies of your baby. And your baby's stomach is only as big as a marble the first day. So that means frequent feedings because colostrum comes in drops. It's not like milk from a jug, like you would think. So it's a whole I like that. that even that whole process of getting the, I'm not going to try to attempt to say that word, but the beginning of the mother's milk. I remember mm-hmm. the nurse looking at me and I'm thinking like, what do y'all want from me? Cause they make you start pumping to get it to come out. And me, I'm thinking I was a failure, but looking back, I really wish someone was there to say to me, you know, if you could find a way to calm down, I know you stressed out, you would freely produce more milk, but that wasn't, you know, there. And I was so envious because I thought since I had, you know, I'm I'm pretty endowed, you know, I thought (laughs) I'm gonna have all this milk. That is not true. Just (laughs) because you may be endowed don't mean you produce more milk. It really was about the relaxation um, I tried it all that mother's tea, all that stuff. But when it came down to it, that, but um, I noticed my son's um, take on mother's milk versus like formula. They got a different smell. Even the poop come out different, but he was so like, I don't know. That child would fight over the milk. Like I yes. was like, I was just surprised. I was like, this is interesting. Um, and then it, it, it taps on like our bonding, right? That part. Yeah. I mean, there we could do a whole talk, y'all. I um, know. Yes. I'm like, this is a whole. All of this. I mean, but it really is because um, all of this ties into like the education of just understanding the birthing process. All of the things that comes along with you know, having a child, giving birth or the pregnancy in general, what your body goes through, how your body produces milk, um, when that comes out, how interventions play into that. All of yeah. this is the things that we don't really talk about. Like we go to the doctor right. and they don't tell us about these things. And that's because they're not trained in that either. They're not trained in natural childbirth. They're trained in, oh, the baby's heart rate. We got to get the baby out because the risk is the longer that this happens, then something's in danger. Someone is in danger. So yeah, we could just y'all. Don't well, you just problem. gonna have to come back, <laughs> and then we can have Clem the doula in later on in the year, and yeah. um, lots of conversations here to talk about trauma. So, how do your clients find you then? My clients can find me on clemthedoula.com. They can find me in the community. I try to be out and about as much as I can. Um, and also through the IO Black Doula Collective. If there are, I believe there's like 50 something doulas there within the collective across the state, the great state of Iowa. We are not just in Des Moines. We are everywhere. It's like what we say in St. Louis. We everywhere. Okay. They're everywhere. And so, yes, but um, the Iowa Black Doula Collective, um, I am also, like I said, a member of that as well. So if you contact them and you're looking for me to be your doula, you can ask specifically for me um, or you can contact me directly, uh, Clem the Doula, uh, ClemTheDoula.com or Clem love the doula at gmail.com. Uh, 
those are ways to kind of get with me and we'll, we can just go from there. Or they could watch you on Instagram, on Instagram. doing your lovely videos and reels and TikToks uh, and look, everything. I try. That's, that's stuff. <laughs> like, hey. I'm, I'm not one that likes to be in the front. I like to do a lot of background stuff, but it kind of pushes me out of my comfort zone a little bit. So I try. I try a little something. Hey, something. gotta get that black girl follow train. I've been <laughs> trying. Look, I got like seven people. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, I'm up here like, dude, but nah, them, that TikTok is, yeah. That's but if it gets your know. message out, and when you mentioned earlier about like reading directions and stuff, um, TikTok is actually useful if you go down the education train of it. Yes, yes, so, that's absolutely You can get some young people. Yeah. Well, do you have any uh, messages that you would like to leave last thoughts with as we come to a close? I do. I would just like to say that um, I thank you guys for having me. I, I really enjoyed having this conversation. And the biggest thing I want people to take away from this is that this is your experience. Um, and it's not just something to kind of run away from. We have a lot of history that we need to unpack and a lot of relearning of a lot of things in relates to birth and breastfeeding. I mean, these two things, having that education can save your life. Um, specifically because that's like my heart of hearts, breastfeeding. We can reduce diabetes with breastfeeding. We can reduce high blood pressure with breastfeeding. We can reduce breast cancer. All of these things are things that are directly related to like black healthcare. Like these are the things, these are the targets that are kind of on our backs. And you can reduce that out the gate with education in your pregnancy and breastfeeding. So I just wanted to say that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Clem, the doula, for coming <laughs> on today and sharing your knowledge and your expertise and your connection. Um, we hope that you will watch us on YouTube or listen on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or iHeartRadio. Thank you for coming to Being Heard, Two Black Women Coffee and Conversations with Lee and Dana. Have a good day. Thank you.